Well, Happy New Year, Lake Hills Church. How are you doing today? Awesome. My name is Jeffrey Melvin. I am the children and family pastor here at Lake Hills Church, and I have the honor and privilege of being able to teach this morning while our pastor, Mac Richard, and his wife, Julie, are spending some extended time with their family. So on behalf of Pastor Mac and Julie, uh, we wanted to say Happy New Year and Happy New Year to everyone joining us online as well today. Now, my wife and I moved to Austin about six months ago, a little over six months ago, and I have a bone to pick with all of you. You told us that it's always hot, that the climate and the temperature here is like the best in the world, and I don't need any of my coats that I had packed away. Y'all lied. It's cold in Austin right now. It even snowed this year. So uh, y'all got to figure out how you welcome people to your city and how we introduce people to the climate here. But, you know, this morning also we were talking about in our pregame, I love the fact that it's raining today. I love the fact that on the last day of the year of 2017 that it's raining because that encourages me because when rain falls, new life always comes after And so we're going to walk in to 2018 with new life, new energy, and a new passion for God. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the rain today for that reason alone. I want to introduce you to my family. Um, We have a picture of them on screen. Uh, My wife, Cody, and I have been married for about 13 years. And then my daughter, Riley, in the middle, she is 10. My daughter, Rowan, next to her is 9. And then Journey, on the end, my son, he is also 10 years old. So if you were doing the math, yes, we have three children um, within 17 months of each other. Uh, it's basically like raising triplets in our house. It is crazy and loud and fun and chaotic all at the same time. Uh, but you may have noticed also in our family photo that we don't look like a conventional family. Uh, One of our children looks very different than our other children, and that's a good thing. Our son, Journey, is from Ethiopia. We adopted him in 2011 uh, when he was four years old, so we are going to be celebrating, oh gosh, seven years this April of Journey being home and being a part of our family. We call it Gotcha Day, because that's the day we went and got Journey. And so we always celebrate with pancakes on Gotcha Day in April. But this morning, I want to share with you a little bit about our story, a little bit about how God used a little boy from Ethiopia to radically change our life and what I believe radically changed the world. And it ties in perfectly uh, with my favorite character from the Bible, my favorite man from the Bible we're going to talk about, and for our hope for 2018, for our new year. When our youngest daughter, Rowan, was six weeks old, Cody was in the living room holding the six-week-old baby and our 17-month-old other baby. And I did what every smart husband should do. Um, The kids were crying. I remember the moment very clearly. Um, I walked in and said, hey, Cody, can we talk for a second? And she gave me that look like, right now, really? And I should have gotten the clue. I should have just moved past the moment. But no, I didn't. I said, hey... What do you think about adopting another child? (laughs) 
I'm really glad she was holding both kids at that moment because she probably would have come unglued on me. Um, she saw, thought that I was absolutely insane, that I was absolutely crazy. Uh, but her being who she is said, okay, if this is really what you feel God is leading us to do as a family, um, let's just pray about it and see. And I think that was her way of just like, oh, he'll come up with something new next week. All right, just let's just pray about it, Jeffrey, and that moment will pass and we can go on with our life. And, uh, and we prayed about it and um, really began seeking the heart of God. We really began pursuing what, uh, what does God have in store for our life and our family and who are we to be known as, as the Melvins. And so she, she gave me the green light to go ahead and contact an adoption agency. And so I called them. Now, keep in mind, I think Roe and our youngest may have been eight weeks old, 12 weeks old right now. So we had no clue what we were doing anyway. Um, I contacted the adoption agency, and they, they, they said, oh, you are great. Oh, we would love to help place a child in your family. Um, but y'all are insane, and you have to wait till your youngest daughter turns one before we will even begin the conversation with you because you have no idea what you're about to walk into. So we hung up, and we're like, okay. Well, maybe that's God saying no. And our pastor at the time, we were at a church over in Woodstock, Georgia, um, really encouraged us to be praying and when we're seeking the heart of God just to put our yes on the table and say, okay, God, whatever, however, and whenever. Yes, God, our, we were saying yes to whatever child you have planned for our family, an additional child through adoption. Or God, if you're going to say no, if you're going to say, hey, you know what? Right now, Jeffrey Cody is not the time for you to bring a child into your home. That because we put our yes on the table, that we need to be prepared for whatever, however, and whenever God is going to do something in our lives. And so we both just said, all right, God, here's our yes. We'll just say yes. Why not? And a year passed, a week, exactly a week to the day after our daughter turned one, we contacted the adoption agency and set up our first meeting with our social worker. And we went into it, oh yeah, we were so excited, we had our, our yes was on the table, whatever you want, God, um, but here's a few stipulations that we have, Lord. <laughs> we want another girl, all right, it has to be a girl, um, we, and, and we also decided that we wanted to adopt a little girl that was either deaf or hard of hearing. Uh, my mother-in-law is a sign language interpreter, and our daughters grew up signing, learning ASL at an early age. And so we were like, okay, God, this is what we want. This is what we want to do. And so Cody and I started sign language training and went to ASL classes. The girls were able to communicate in sign language more than we could at the time, but we just pressed through. We were like, okay, God, okay, God, okay. And all along the way, it it sounds, telling the story now, it sounds very... um, fun and cool and wow what a great story it was hard there's a lot of unknowns there was a lot of questions there was a lot of struggles um, but we kept going back to okay god we said yes you know we said yes how are you going to do it and up, up until the very last moment god if this isn't what you want slam the door shut and so we got a call 10 months later it was october 2010 from our adoption agency that they had matched our family with a perfect child, a perfect match. It's, it's one of the best perfect matches they have ever made. 
And so they asked if we could get down to Atlanta in two hours or so to meet with our social worker. So we flew down to Atlanta. I remember the scene. We, Cody left the groceries um, at the, on the floor of the house because we were so excited. I don't even know where the, we dropped our girls off at the time. <laughs> our daughters, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, who, where did they go when we went into this? Um, but we got down to the adoption agency, and they went through, and they, uh, I'll never forget, Lawanda, our adoption social worker, was saying, you know, this is a perfect match. Um, it went through the Ethiopian embassy, uh, seal of approval, signed off. It went through a corporate office in Michigan, signed off seal of approval. We got it here in Georgia, and we're shocked of what a great match it is for you. And so we're excited to give you a picture of your new child. And so they passed this picture across the table. And um, it wasn't a deaf or hard of hearing little girl. It was a little boy who had no hearing loss and was perfectly healthy except for the fact that he was 24 pounds at four years old. And Cody and I sat there, tears streaming down our face um, in utter disbelief and excitement that despite what everyone said of being a perfect match, that God had hand-selected this child, this little boy, to be our son. And Cody and I looked at each other, and we were like, okay. And the adoption worker, I knew she was afraid she was going to lose her job. I mean, she was so nervous and going through the paperwork and apologizing of, oh my gosh, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this child made it through the Ethiopian embassies and the U.S. consulate, all these different things, and matched perfectly with you. I don't understand this, how this happened. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go home? You have 24 hours to tell us no, and we'll put you back in the system, and we'll find a perfect match for you. But just go home and think about it and give us 24 hours. And Cody and I said, yes, we'll take him. Yes, this is obviously what God wanted for us. And I have to tell you all today, I cannot imagine what our life would be or who we would be or where we would be without Journey. We were able to name him, and so we chose the name Journey, not because of necessarily the journey he went on, but the journey that God put us on to bring us to him. But it all went back to, in that moment, we had already put our yes on the table. We had already said, yes, God, whatever, however, whenever, whoever, whatever you want, God, you, we're, we're surrendering what we want for what you want. And it's been a, it's been a dramatic <laughs> roller coaster of a journey uh, with our son, Journey, and our daughters, Riley and Rowan, um, and my wife, Cody, is an absolute saint. <laughs> so if you don't know my wife, you need to get to know her. And this story will make so much more sense of what an incredible woman she is of walking through what we went through. Um, but today I want to I connect, uh, connect all this back to God's Word. I want to connect us to someone in the Bible that had an opportunity to say yes to God. And we're going to look at his journey. But boys and girls, as, as being the children's pastor, I brought my kids' Bible with me today. So boys and girls, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get those open. We're going to dive into God's Word today. Moms and dads and parents, get out your Bibles as well. Um, but while we're getting out our Bibles, I, want some, I need some help. I need some help from my friends and LHC kids. 
I want to see how good you are at the game of charades. All right? So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to act out this person from the Bible. Okay? He's a man, and he also has a book named after him in the Bible. And I'm going to act it out, and I'm going to see. I'm hoping, hopefully my charades are okay, my acting it out, and see if you can guess where we're going in the Bible. All right, you ready? Boys and girls, you ready? Oh. Boys and girls, are you ready? All right, here we go. Jonah, that's right. That's, that, was, that was the fin and the big fish ate Jonah up. That's right. We are in the book of Jonah. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the Old Testament. The boys and girls, help me out. The Bible is broken up into two parts. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's right. And we learn about Jesus' life in the Old Testament or the New Testament? The New Testament. That's right. And the first four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are called the... Gospels, that's right. And what does gospel mean? Good news. All right, I'm glad y'all are paying attention. It makes me feel good. Um, But we are actually in the Old Testament today, in the book of Jonah. So you can flip to your table of contents, or if you're following along in an adventure Bible, it's page 111. For those of you who came, kids who came prepared, page 111. Jonah, boys and girls, starts with a J, 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 Jonah. So you can find that, flip to that. We are in chapter 1, Verse 2, the little verse 2. I'm going to read to you. Uh, The Lord said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. The sins of its people have come to my attention. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed for Tarshish. So he went down to the port of Joppa. There he found a ship that was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board. Then he sailed off for Tarshish. He was running away from the Lord. All right, so what happens here with Jonah is obviously the the Lord spoke to him and told him to go to Nineveh to confront the Assyrians, the people that were living in Nineveh, of the way they were living. Now, the Assyrians in Nineveh, listen, y'all, they weren't good people. They were bad, bad characters. Uh, They were uh, torturing people. They were murdering innocent people. They were enslaving people. They were they just bullies. If you could think of the worst bully you've ever encountered, that would be the Assyrians in Nineveh. So I can only imagine when the Lord spoke to uh, Jonah and said, hey, I want you to go hang out with these people and not only tell them that God loves them, but I want you to tell them that, hey, guess what? The way you're living isn't good and you need to stop living that way. All right, that message was probably a little bit received a little bit differently than the wise men and the shepherd who were told to go see the baby Jesus laying in the manger, okay? Jonah absolutely lost his mind. He had an opportunity to say yes to the Lord and follow where God was leading, but he chose to say no and to run the other direction and do what he wanted in life. And so you read down into the rest of chapter 1, into Jonah chapter 1, and you read through the story, and a lot of you know it, boys and girls know it well as well, well. Uh, but Jonah was on the boat in the Mediterranean Sea, and the waves started roaring, and the storms came in, and the boat was getting tossed from side to side, and they thought the boat was going to sink. 
And you can read it. It's a great, it's a great book. It's only uh, two pages in your Bible. It's an easy read. Uh, but they decided that uh, they were going to throw Jonah overboard, all the men on the boat, and that's going to make the storm go away. So they tossed Jonah over the ship into the water. And the Bible says, I love this, that the Bible says that the Lord sent um, a giant fish. The Lord sent that fish to get Jonah, almost kind of rescue Jonah, if you look at it that way. Um, the fish swallowed Jonah. Jonah got to hang out inside the belly of this giant fish for three days and for three nights. Now, if you are at all the skeptical type of person, you could read this story and you hear this story growing up as a child and you're like, really? Like a fish swallowed a man? Come on. Or the boys and girls are going, but that's a tiny little goldfish, Pastor Jeffrey. That just doesn't seem possible. Well, what I love about Jonah, one of my favorite things about Jonah, is that Jesus even references in Matthew chapter 12 how long Jonah was in the belly of this fish. All right, so if Jesus believes it and Jesus referenced it and Jesus talked about it, well, who am I to question whether or not that a man was actually swallowed by a fish. I'm just going to go with it and believe that that's what God had intended. And so Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And while he was in there, chapter 2 of Jonah talks all about how uh, Jonah repented. He confessed that he was at the bottom, that he was running from the Lord, that he knew what he was supposed to do, and uh, basically asked God for forgiveness. And so the Bible tells us that uh, the, Lord, or the fish spit Jonah up onto the shore... And we pick up in chapter 3, and this is what I want to share with you again. Chapter 3, Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. So it's the big three, little one, boys and girls. A message from the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The Lord said, go to the great city of Nineveh, announce to it the people the message that I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord, and he went to Nineveh. It was a very large city, in fact. It took about three days to go through it. Interesting that he was just in a fish for three days, and it's taking him three days to go through the city. Um, As he went, he announced, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's warning, so they decided not to eat any food for a while, and all of them put on the rough clothing people wear when they're sad. That's what everyone did, from the least important of them to the most important. And so what happened was... As soon as Jonah said yes, as soon as Jonah put his yes on the table, God changed the city of Nineveh. God didn't just change Jonah's life, but he changed an entire nation of people just because of one man's obedience. Now, I hear it said all the time, oh, well, you know, sometimes you just have to learn a lesson the hard way. Sometimes you just kind of got to go through some rough stuff to figure out the good. Can I tell you something? I really don't think Jonah needed or wanted to end up in the belly of a fish for three days. I don't think he had to. But I think if he had said yes to God the first time, that the, the, the Bible, would, the, the whole book of Jonah would have been very different. But that Jonah would have experienced everything that he experienced after the people of uh, Nineveh gave, turned their lives back over to God. I think Jonah still would have experienced that. He just wouldn't have had to go through the mess 
that he went through to get there. He wouldn't have had to learn the lesson the hard way if he had just put his yes on the table and said yes to God when he asked him the first time. Now you're sitting here today and wondering, okay, what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with anything going on in my life? My prayer for you today and my prayer for you in 2018 is that you don't find yourself in the belly of a big fish. That you don't find yourself running from something the Lord is asking you to do. Maybe, maybe God isn't asking you to go and preach um, like he asked to, Jonah to go to Nineveh. Maybe he's not asking you to do that. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe God's asking you and telling you, hey, guess what? That debt that you've been building up, hey, guess what? I want to help you do that. I want to help you tackle that debt. Let's, in 2018, let's do it together. Maybe you have a family member who you're estranged from. Maybe someone, uh, a relationship that's gone south, and you feel that the Lord's speaking to you and telling you, hey, you know what? Go make that relationship right. Maybe teenagers, it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you're dating. You know that they're not the right one for you, but you just don't, you're scared, you're afraid, you don't want to make that tough call. Boys and girls, maybe it's standing up for a bully against a bully in your class. Maybe it's standing up for someone who's being bullied this new year. I want to make sure, and my prayer is that we all put our yes on the table and say yes to God the first time. So as we walk into 2018, we don't find ourselves stuck in the belly of a giant fish. It doesn't seem fun. It doesn't seem necessary, does it? It doesn't seem like... We always have to learn the lesson the hard way when sometimes if we just say yes the first time, God wants to change our lives and change our circumstances and situations. Is it going to be easy? No. No. During our adoption, story, adoption journey with story, adoption situation with our son journey, it, does, it gets complicated when you're talking about your journey that you've been on and your son is also named Journey and you're referencing him. Um, but when we were walking through life and bringing Journey home, there were, and in the past seven years, there are so many occasions, so many times where Cody and I have said, you know what, I think we've dealt with enough. I think that, yes, we, we said yes to God. Yes, uh, we've gone on this amazing uh, journey to bring Journey home. Uh, we, we've done a lot. We, we've sacrificed a lot. We, we've spent a lot of money. We've cried a lot. Um, we, we, we've been through it. I, I think for the next two years, I'm, I'm going to take my yes off the table. That God, you know what? I, I believe what you're saying. I believe all that's great. But you know what? I'm tired of saying yes. And we've wanted to. And I'm fortunate. we glad we haven't fully. But we've just been tempted to say, you know what? It's just too hard. And we pull our yes off the table. And then we would find ourselves stuck running from God and find ourselves in the belly of a giant fish. Um, parents... As, as a children's pastor, can I ask a favor from you? Um, and I, gosh, you may not like me after this. I'm sorry. Um, but I love your kids. <laughs> and I have the greatest desire to see your kids experience the fullness of 
God and the fullness of a relationship with Jesus and a healthy, happy family life. Can I ask you to please, please, for the sake of your children, go ahead and put your yes on the table. Go ahead and surrender your will, your plans to God now. Because nothing will break my heart more than sitting there watching potentially your children end up in the belly of a fish with you because the way you're leading them, because the way the decisions you're making. Because it affects your kids. It affects your family. And when you put your yes on the table, surrender your life to God and say, whatever, whenever, however, God, we'll do it. You're going to be able to be a part of watching God do something absolutely incredible in your life and in the life of your kids. There's so much blessing, there's so much joy, and there's so much life-changing opportunities when you just say yes to whatever God has in store for you. My son, Journey, he, he teaches me so much. I'm constantly amazed at um, he's probably watching online, so I have to be careful. Um, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at some of the stupid decisions he makes in life. Um, but I'm also uh, continually amazed and surprised at how God uses this little boy in my life. He is a visible reminder for me and Cody of what saying yes looks like. Every time I see his little face, every time he comes around the corner, it's a visible reminder for us of, hey, hey, remember that time you said yes? Remember that time where, hey, Jeffrey, you thought you had a better plan for your life? You remember that moment? Remember that, that this picture-perfect dream you created with a, a little girl who was deaf or hard of hearing? Do you remember that, Jeffrey? Hey, look, I got something even better for you. And this is your son. I want to encourage you to find daily reminders of what saying yes to God looks like in your life. What is it? Is it your house? Is it your spouse? Is it your child? What do you have in your life where you can look back and say, hey, you know what? I said yes to God, and he gave me the best gift ever. I want you to find those. I want 2018 to be filled with, with yeses all across Lake Hills Church and the Austin community. And we're able, as we say yes, as we put our yes on the table, we're able to sit back and watch God change our community, change our church, change our children's lives, change our schools, all because we said yes. And we have a visible reminder of what yes looks like. And the, the cool thing is, is God's not asking us to do anything different or asking any more of us than what he asked his son to do. Now, God's not asking us to lay down our lives for others on a cross. But Jesus himself said yes to God. In the garden in, in Matthew 26, we see where Jesus is praying and he's saying, okay, God, if there's any way for what's about to happen on the cross not to happen. You know, let, let's figure that out. But then Jesus says, not my will, 
but your will, God. Your Father, your will. Jesus himself said yes to God. He set us up for the perfect example through his son, Jesus, of what yes looks like. It's a surrendered life. It's laying your life down. It's saying, hey, God, not what I want. Not what I want in 2018. I want what you want. I want a yes life with you, Lord. I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And as we get to the end of 2017, as we have our last service at Lake Hills Church for 2017, I want to ask you where you're at spiritually. And no one's looking around. Everybody's got their eyes closed, so you're, you're, you're good to be comfortable. I want you to just think through your mind and search your heart. And maybe you're sitting here today and saying, hey, you know what, Pastor Jeffrey? I feel like I'm in the belly of a fish in life. I know that I had opportunities to say yes to God. I know that I had opportunities to um, experience joy and blessing and life change. But I've been making my own decisions. I, I pulled my yes off the table of being open to what God wants to do in my life. And now I just find myself at the bottom. I find myself struggling just to sometimes make it through the day. If you're here this morning and that's you, I have some hope for you. 2018 could be your best year yet. 2018 could be the year where that fish just spits you out onto the shore. And once you're out of that fish, once you're out of the belly of that fish, you have the opportunity to say yes to whatever God has in store for you. And it's really, it's really quite simple to get out of that belly. I mean, if we look at Jonah's life, chapter 2, he just asked God and told him he was sorry and said, God, I, I want to get back on track with you. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're just saying, hey, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of the belly. I'm ready to get back on track. I'm ready to say yes to God. In just a minute, while we're all praying, you're going to have an opportunity just to put your yes back on the table and say, hey, God, here I am. I want my year, 2018, to be focused on you, saying yes to you. And then maybe there's another group of you here today who just happened to walk in to Lake Hills Church, who just happened to, to, to show up for a service. And you'd say, hey, you know what? I actually, I, I've never said yes to God once. I've never officially said yes to God about having a relationship with him. If you're here today, the, the, the exciting news about that is, is that God is just waiting for you to say yes to him. He's waiting for you to open up your heart, waiting for you to surrender your life. He's waiting to pick you up and carry you. He's waiting for you to enter into a relationship with him. And all you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is, just like Jonah, chapter 2, hey God, I've messed up. 
Sorry, Lord. And you simply ask our Heavenly Father to forgive you of your sin. I know that you believe in him and his son Jesus who died on the cross for us and make the choice to follow him to put your yes on the table for the first time and so if you're in that position you've never ever actually said yes to Jesus and with our eyes still closed and heads still bowed I want, I want to lead you in a simple prayer that you just pray in your heart to yourself it's a prayer of of salvation. It's a prayer of, of accepting Jesus. It's not the words that you say. It's how you say it in your heart. And pray after me silently. Dear Jesus, I know that I've messed up. I know that I've never fully surrendered my life to you. On December 31st, 2017, I want to give my life to you. Forgive me and put me on a new path. And there's also some of you here today that were in the first category of just feeling like you're in the belly of the whale, the fish, and you're ready to get out. You're ready to put your yes back on the table. I want us to, all across the room with our eyes still closed, if you, if you prayed that prayer of salvation for the first time, said yes to God for the first time today, um, I'd love to ask you to mark that moment by raising your hand. And then also love to ask people across the room, if you're here today and say, hey, you know what, 2018 is my year, my year to get out of the belly of the fish. I'm putting my yes back on the table. If that's you today, will you mark that moment as well by just slipping your hand up in the air and saying yes to God by demonstrating that 2018 is going to be the year that I say yes. All across the room, hands are raised. And as you put your hands down, Lake Hills, let's put our hands together to say welcome home. And thank you for saying yes to God.